Welcome to the very first episode of the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily. I'm Chris Clow, editor of RMD, and I'm looking forward to providing a new avenue for the reverse mortgage industry to gain different perspectives they can take with them into their daily course of business from the most trusted name in industry news, Reverse Mortgage Daily. For our very first episode, we're starting things off with a bang by speaking to David Peskin, the president of Reverse Mortgage Funding, LLC. My conversation with David touches on a wealth of topics, including charting his own personal journey through the reverse mortgage industry and into a leadership position within it, what he identifies as the industry's biggest forward strides that have been made over the course of his career, some unexpected problems he's had to deal with during his time as the head of a major lender, and where he believes the future of the reverse mortgage industry itself is headed. David, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me on the RMD podcast. I really appreciate that you can be with me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Definitely. Thank you so much for being a part of it. So just to start off, I thought it might be good to kind of pick your brain as far as your experiences go. Can you give a brief reverse mortgage timeline through your time with Senior Lending Network and now through RMF? Sure. So actually, I started in the forward mortgage business, the traditional mortgage business. Mm -hmm. And in 2004, we started to test and transition into the reverse mortgage business. We thought that would be really interesting opportunity. We found the product to be you know, obviously an amazing product that helped homeowners, senior homeowners remain in their home without having to make any monthly payments, but it was underserved. It was misunderstood. So at the time, we felt that it made a lot of sense to hire a spokesperson so that we could help educate homeowners on the product by sending them an educational video. And then if they had interest, we could help them in arranging financing for them. And originally, we actually hired Jerry Orbach as our spokesperson, but unfortunately, several months into the campaign, he passed away. And then we switched to Robert Wagner, who we've had for several years, and it was a very successful campaign. We started with retail business originally over the phone, call center, and then we started selling leads to lenders around the country, and then we started buying loans from them. In 2007, we were acquired by a large Belgian bank, KBC Bank. We were probably closing well over 1,100 loans a month. And then, unfortunately, a few years later, the financial crisis came about, and they had to leave the U.S., so we had to wind down that business. I then invested in another platform for a short period of time, which I had later sold tonight. And then I teamed up with the executive, former executive team from uh, MetLife Reverse Mortgage, and we formed uh, Reverse Mortgage Funding in 2000, late 2013. Excellent. What are some of the major lessons that you think you've learned since growing RMF from the ground up? I'm sure that must have felt, at least in some places, like a trial by fire. Learn, I'm not supposed to read what FHA is considering doing to the market. <laughs> um, you know, look, you've always got to run the business, you know, knowing that there could potentially be changes, right? Both in the marketplace itself, as well as coming from FHA as well as in the secondary market. So, you know, you always should be running your business as if something is going to change and you need to know what your key indicators are to be able to focus on, you know, if something should happen. You know, if it's pricing going down, if your marketing costs are going up, 
what are the key things that you need to be focusing on based on what happens in the environment around you? And that's mm-hmm. been consistent for years. And every time we've seen some kind of fluctuation in the market, we had to go back to the basics and you know, sort of make adjustments until we get it right. Sure. Would you say that adaptability is a, is a key skill that's necessary to operate at a high level in this industry? I think, you know, that goes very, that's clear for mortgages in general, but even more yeah. for reverse mortgage, just because of all the changes that we've had over the years. You know, the, the yeah. forward mortgage business will go through the ups and downs based on interest rates. And everybody sort of understands and, you know, it's part of the business. Our business has gone through many, many changes, you know, changes to the program itself, underwriting guidelines, you know, you name it, we've seen it. Absolutely. Something that I'm kind of curious about, especially given your position, what are some problems that you have to deal with as the head of a major reverse mortgage company that people might not expect that you have to deal with? Oh, that's a fair question. You know, there's obviously a lot of moving parts. You know, we deal with third party, the call center, we have a retail platform. So, you know, there's always things that are going on behind the scenes that, you know, you, you've always got to be prepared for. And make sure that, you know, you're always looking at your business from the consumer standpoint, from a loan officer standpoint, from operation standpoint. So to me, it's always important to stay in touch with not only your customers uh, and hear from your customers through focus groups, but also speak to your loan officers, better understand, you know, what they're dealing with in their markets, speaking to your third-party partner clients and understanding what they're dealing with and how we can adapt and be better for them as as a partner. So it's always trying to stay in touch with every part of the business so that you you better understand what's going on so you're not surprised by anything. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I think that that's a very, very good perspective. Well, when you chart a course in your head about the ways that the reverse mortgage industry has evolved, particularly since you first got into it, what do you think accounts for the biggest forward strides that the industry has made over the course of your career? I, you know, so originally I thought that the biggest opportunity was going to be with the change in the risk-based pricing where you had under 60% utilization, you had a low upfront cost, whereas if you were above 60%, you had a higher upfront cost, meaning the MIP. Mm-hmm. That really gave the industry an opportunity to go after the wants-based client, you know, that, that consumer that was thinking about getting a traditional HELOC from a bank. But, you know, as we all know, uh, a HELOC, you still have to make monthly payments, interest only. And then after 10 years, it resets, reamortizes, and that payment skyrockets. Mm-hmm. So we felt that, that was a great opportunity to go, you know, after, which was that homeowner that was thinking of pulling some equity out of their home as they needed it and wanted to be in a better cash flow situation. And it was growing. It became 40% of our overall volume very quickly. And it was becoming very attractive to financial advisors. And, you know, that we saw as the bright spot. And then, of course, we, we saw the change come 10-2. And it sort of forced the industry to rethink about what the direction should be. And now moving into proprietary products, I think, is actually the biggest bright, the biggest opportunity since I've been in the industry. I think that you're going to see a lot of interesting products coming out. I think it's going to become a very liquid market. And I think it's going to bring a lot more security to the market, meaning we have to be less reliant on you know, the government and the changes that they want to make 
relatively quickly. And I think it just brings a safer environment for everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you brought up proprietary because um, that's pretty much the next thing I wanted to ask you about since, you know, the industry has changed a lot over the past two years in particular and the increasing prevalence of proprietary products. How have changes made by both FHA and the rising prevalence of proprietaries affected the operations and outlook or even strategy at RMF? So from an operation standpoint, you know, nothing really changes dramatically outside of the secondary team having to get, you know, much more involved as compared to, you know, the traditional HECMs. Mm-hmm. But let's put that aside for a moment. With respect to, you know, sort of strategy and opportunity, you're now dealing with a much lower upfront cost product. So it allows you to go after that wants-based client again. And even though it's, you know, a lower PLF or LTV compared to the HECM, it's a much bigger, broader market. And then, of course, there's the non-FHA-approved condo market, you know, basically going after the Fannie Mae-type approved product condos. And then lastly, of course, you have the higher home values. Mm-hmm. You know, as you know, FHA you know, limits you at the max claim regardless of the home value, whereas proprietary products, there is really no limit per se outside of what your own guidelines are. So there's lots of interesting opportunities to open up the market. And I think that's really exciting for, for everyone in the industry, including the forward guys that are out there, meaning the forward lenders that are not currently in the business today, who have always wanted to entertain getting into the reverse space, but were somewhat skeptical with understanding you know, FHA guidelines, FHA products, what changes are going to come about. Because proprietary products today, you know, they're more like a forward loan, meaning you can pay off debt to qualify, mm-hmm. you can get a seller concession on a purchase. So when, when products start to look and smell more like a forward mortgage outside of the fact that you know, there's no monthly payment, but from a processing and underwriting standpoint, you know, it's easier to blend into your business model. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I know that there's a fair amount of people out in the industry that are looking at proprietary products as the potential future of the business. But I know that you've also said in past interviews that you feel pretty strongly about reaching out to people through influencers and product education as a potential growth area. Between greater education and the increasing prevalence of proprietary products, which do you think the future of the industry will most thrive off of? Well, look, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, if the professional world out there, you know, let's be specific to financial advisors, if they start to you know, promote this product within their own customers as a way to think about your, your retirement, there's credibility there. And then, of course, you know, if we start to see what we're seeing, some of the largest builders in the country offering this as a mainstream product as a way for you to buy a home in a community, it starts to bring a level of credibility. And then lastly, of course, if banks start to offer the product again, it brings another level of credibility. So, you know, it it really just needs to be a product that starts to get offered through many of the same ways that you can get a traditional loan today. And when it starts to become a product that is part of everybody's arsenal with respect to home financing for people over the age of 62, it starts to become a mainstream important product. You know, there's still a lot of misconceptions about the product. Still a lot of people think that they're going to lose their home. And we, we just, you know, we need to find a way to get past that. And, you know, <laughs> since we've been marketing since 2004, it's amazing that the perception still is that you're going to lose your home. Mm-hmm. 
and I can certainly speak to that at least to a degree. Since I've started at RMD, I've reached out to a fair amount of financial services professionals and advisors and educators. And it seems like there is increasing interest on their part in the ways that a reverse mortgage or home equity in general can be incorporated into a retirement plan. So from my end, I certainly see it. But how far do you think the industry has come in educating those professionals about the potential for reverse mortgage products? And by that same token, how far do you think it still has to go? I think we've gone light years compared to when we first started. And I think we were picking up a lot of momentum up until 10 2 of uh, 2017 when the, when the changes came about. And then I think, you know, there was a lot of people that got sidetracked on the education because the costs, you know, for a reverse mortgage, for those that are not looking for a lot of money, you know, are not proportioned to what you need. It's just too expensive. Now that, you know, proprietary products are coming, you know, out and becoming more relevant in the marketplace, we're starting to see more education of the product to financial advisors. I know that we do that. We have a team that does nothing but that. And, you know, as we educate and financial advisors fully understand and comprehend the product, they get really excited about it. Sure. Well, I'd like to shift gears a little bit to sort of the marketing side of the equation, because I'm a little bit familiar with the the research that you guys have done and the focus groups that you guys have done. And I've, I read a, in a previous interview you did that you thought that centering a pitch for a reverse mortgage on the benefit of having no monthly mortgage payment was actually a big setback for the industry as a whole, and that RMF sort of planned on moving some of its messaging materials away from that. Does the information still make you feel that way? Well, I still feel that, you know, when you sell something as a no monthly payment loan only, the perception is that you're going to lose the equity in your home. The bank takes your home and, you know, I get to live there without having to make any monthly payments and, you know, that's it. And, you know, I have no control over my future. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, unfortunately, that's the way it was sold, you know, going back to, you know, early years of the product because the costs were high. And you were looking for the customer who, you know, didn't want to make their monthly payments and you really couldn't afford to live in the home because it's the only customer it really made sense for. As now we're trying to evolve and, you know, get this product to be a bigger, broader, more acceptable product. I think it should be explained properly, which is you have the ability to make any monthly payment that you want, and that includes no monthly payment at all. And when we conducted the focus groups, it was an aha moment. There were virtually 99% of the people that we spoke with that you know, didn't understand that they could make a monthly payment. When they understood that they could make a monthly payment, they were very positive about the product. And they can compare that and understand it to a traditional loan but they do have that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And I understand that RMF's focus groups also conducted a fair amount of research into ways that the terminology could be made more appealing to potential borrowers. Did that alter your perspective on what we call these products at all? Are you okay still with the term reverse mortgage or should it evolve into something else? Well, I mean, no, I think it would be easier for everybody in the industry if we could call it something else just because for the obvious reasons of the misperceptions of the product. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we can't. But, you know, it's going to take time for somebody to be able to sit at the dinner table and brag about the fact that, you know, they got a reverse mortgage. 
Right. I think we would all agree that if I went from 5% on my mortgage to 3% at dinner, I'm going to be telling the world. It's just not there with a reverse mortgage. People are still afraid to admit that they got a reverse mortgage when they really shouldn't be. I mean, there are a lot of benefits to reverse mortgage, as we know, and it's not just the fact that you can make no monthly payment on the insured product. You know, if something unfortunately happened to your house, like we saw in California with the wildfires, mm-hmm. both borrowers still had access to their line of credit because of the insurance. They would not have that on a traditional home equity line of credit. Very true. Also, in terms of marketing, where do you see, I guess, future marketing leveling off in terms of the proportion of private versus Heckam loans? So I don't, you know, clearly, you know, when you think about private, right, if you're thinking about the jumbo private market, you know, you're obviously going to target the areas where there's higher home value. But when we think about the idea of advertising in general, to us, you know, whether it's a proprietary or a HECM, it's just which product makes more sense for the customer. No different than if I was thinking about a traditional loan and I wasn't sure if I wanted an arm or a fixed or a 10-year fixed versus a 5-1 arm. There's just different products that are out there based on what the customer is looking for and based mm-hmm. on their needs. Right. And uh, you alluded to a big influx of different kinds of proprietary products that are coming into the market. Do you have a vision for what the future of private reverse mortgage products could look like down the line? I think in general, you know, you'll start to see some variations of how the borrowers can access their funds, very similar to what is being done on a HECM today, whether Mm -hmm. it's lump sum with a line of credit, you know, fully drawn fixed rate loan. I think you'll start to see different variations of the products over time. Sure. I'd like to uh, shift gears once again to just sort of bigger picture questions and and what you're seeing in the industry and looking ahead to what the future could hold. What do you think the biggest opportunity is for the reverse mortgage market right now, if you had to pick one? I would say that it's the typical homeowner over the age of 62 that is carrying a mortgage balance that is thinking about refinancing because they're having a challenging time with their cash flow and either looking to try to lower their monthly payment or thinking of going to a bank to get that home equity line of credit. And they're clearly not in a situation where they have to do a loan, but they would love to do a loan to help them. And when they think about doing a reverse mortgage, they're typically turned off because of the costs associated with a heck of Mm-hmm. But with a proprietary product and costs very similar to what a traditional loan looks like, I think you're going to see a big turnover in, in, in the market. And I think you'll find a lot more people looking at thinking about refinancing into a proprietary loan just because of the flexibility of the payments and because of the costs associated. Hmm. Very interesting. Kind of jumping off of that, conversely, what do you think is today's biggest market challenge? It's the same challenge that we saw, you know, years ago, which is still the misperceptions of the product. It's getting people over the hump of understanding that a reverse mortgage is no different than a traditional mortgage, but you have the option to make any monthly payment you want, and the equity is yours when you, whatever is remaining, when you go to sell your home or you pass on to your heirs. It's, believe it or not, still the biggest challenge, and, you know, while I think the setback from 10-2, which was 
you know, a major setback. There's no question about that. But you add that on top of the biggest hurdle, which is the misperception of the product. It just enhanced things dramatically. Whereas yeah. if we didn't have that misperception of the product, I think we'd be looking at very different volume today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Last thing, if you had to look into the future, what do you see the industry looking like five years down the line? I used to be really good at that. <laughs> I, you know, like I said, I, I actually think that the reverse mortgage market is going to be start to become a very fluid liquid market with respect to proprietary products. I think you'll find a lot of interest from investors. And I think that is going to create lots of opportunities, both for those that are in the reverse business today and for those forward lenders that will likely get into the reverse business sometime in the future. I think that once you start to have a stable environment where you know there'll be some level of consistency in product, it allows you to start building your business around it. Whereas, you know, if you're a 100% relying on the government and you really have no say in the changes that are going to come about and can't be prepared for them, it makes it virtually impossible to really think about how you can grow your business long-term. Very well said. Well, David, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I really appreciate you coming on and joining us today. Uh, it was my pleasure. And you know, Like I said, I appreciate you taking the time, Chris. Oh, it, it was our pleasure. Trust me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the inaugural episode of the RMD podcast. For more news and insights on the reverse mortgage industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at reversemortgagedaily.com. I'm Chris Clow, and this has been a production of Aging Media Network in Chicago, Illinois. See you next time.